aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we're here to fix your lives. That said, <laughs> what? <laughs> we're two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. That got weird. That did. <laughs> it was my fault. You to fix your lies. No, I don't know why I did that. As you know, it's very early in the morning. It we is. Like, we it's like early. recording early. It's a good time of day. Yeah. My voice is extra low. I love it. Yeah. And uh, we're extra peppy. You've been up since I, 530. Yeah, I, I got up. I, I do get up pretty early. And I don't. I feel like sometimes you can hear when people are smiling when they talk. And the reason <laughs> <laughs> I was smiling throughout that whole thing was that we were just talking about struggle pod bods okay <laughs> so this morning i was looking through the tr- struggle uh pod buds 420 hashtag to look for your holiday uh, uh questions or rants and i accidentally put in a struggle pod bods 420 <laughs> and nothing popped up and i was like why isn't anyone tweeting at us and then i realized and it's so amazing kind of happy but i've never done struggle pod bods without the 420. if we start a line of like vitamin supplements <laughs> or like dietary supplements or we come up with some like fad diet or yeah. fitness fad, we'll, we'll use that hashtag. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that, you guys. Struggle pod bods. Yeah. You guys, somebody's <laughs> going to start it. Um, so yeah, you can tweet at us at strugglebuspod. Email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. Use a hashtag strugglepodbuds420 to find a struggle buddy uh, or struggle pod bods. I have no idea. Or at Sally T or at SPK Heller. Sally, how Catherine. are you? <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, because that happened, mm-hmm. I'm having a great day. But I'm great. I'm going to tell you that my day started off not wonderfully. I need to hear this immediately. Okay. Yeah, so I started to tell you and then we decided to save it for the old airwaves. Yeah, there we are. Um, okay, so Do I... Do I need to get angry? You're going to... Uh, you will be angry. Great. Shortly. Fantastic. Okay. So... I was walking down the street to the subway, 7.15 in the morning, minding my own business. When this guy, Mm. he's walking towards me and he's like leering at me, like really giving me the thrice over, like... Uh, like in Looney Tunes when they're like hungry and there's like they're licking their lips and there's like slobber coming <laughs> like, I, was like I was imagining the ooga eyes. yeah exactly that but like also like with a touch of looking extremely aggressive and hostile uh-huh. like it's that look of like I want to fuck you and I also want to punch you in the face yeah that's never a good look like a t- it's a terrible combo that look doesn't look good on anybody it doesn't look good on anyone <laughs> so he's doing that and and it's lasting a long time and right. you know usually when I get like weird looks or cat calls or whatever which you know doesn't really happen to me that much um most guys like have a fairly decent gaydar like I'm not their type <laughs> but also I mean I know it's not about that I know it's about power yada yada of course but, yeah but you're yeah yeah but I, I just don't get it that much but anyway when I do I um I, I usually just like let it ride and I like roll my eyes or whatever every now and then I like say something back and this was one of those times because he he, he really was staring at me so hard and for so long and looking so creepy now did you Which, feel safe to say something no, well that now that I'm saying that out loud it's like a perfect time to actually not say anything because right. when something when someone looks threatening like why are you, why am I saying something but I did and I just I basically he passed me and I turned around and I said what and he turned around and he started screaming oh no and he was like what I can't look what <gasps> And he also started like, like stomping towards me, 
like as he was yelling. Oh my God. And I all of a sudden was like, okay, this is now very scary. And he also, he was yelling something else, which I'm sure was like, had the word dyke in it. Right, of um, course. But I, why I, wouldn't you? Because I wouldn't eat. But I had like these <laughs> terrific noise canceling earphones in, so I couldn't hear everything he was saying. Um, but it was really fucking scary. And um, Did he come up to you or he, how close was he? He got, like when he passed me, he was only like 10, maybe 10 feet past me. So when he turned around to walk, you know, he was like kind of close. And, you know... There, there were like some other people around kind of like there was a woman who was like on the corner like a block away and then someone else who like another woman like an older woman with like a, a grandchild who was on the other end of the block mm-hmm. but like definitely I was like well I'm like this isn't like no one's getting in the middle of this you right. know what I mean it's fucking scary Jeez. and th- but then I, I like turned around and started walking away and he stopped and also turned away and walked the other way um Oof. And I looked back over my shoulder a couple of times and he like had kept going. But it was really fucking scary. Like mm-hmm. there was so much like actual hostility and aggression. Um, so it was fucking bad, man. Yeah, I was actually walking to your house the other day. And this has nothing to do with your neighborhood, but it just so happened to be on does the it? same street. Yeah. Maybe it's the same guy. Who knows? And uh, I was with my boyfriend. And this does matter because when you're not with someone, it tends to happen more. And this guy very aggressively was leering at this woman uh, in front of us mm-hmm. and we were both like Ugh. and I was I wanted to cross the street and he's like no it's fine I was like no it's not fine I just don't feel comfortable I mean the woman was fine we made sure yeah but it was like there was something off about him and he was very overtly doing it the woman ignored him too because she had to but it was like really weird yeah. and I felt very uncomfortable and I'm glad I was with someone totally. because I would have had to walk away and call you and been like, meet you in 10 minutes because I have to do a detour. Right. No, it's weird. Like sometimes you, there's that thing where there's like a guy who's, you know, like, you know, when a woman walks by, he like m- makes a show of like turning his head to like look at her butt this and like stare real hard. But, but like, or, or there's like a, a cat call or whatever. But then there's like, I feel like this next level where it's not just like, okay, dude, you're a creep where it's like, okay, you're actually, I'm like definitely scared. Like there's hostility to you. Like yeah. it seems like you're going to act on something and it's fucking really terrifying. I had a guy once hire a skywriter when I walked by. What? He was like, I like Wait, your is butt. This a joke? Absolutely. No. Oh, I, I oh my have. God. I actually would guys, believe that. <laughs> it would be amazing. I would definitely be like, you got Moxie. Yeah. It's still not You're, okay. You guys. are committed to it. <laughs> still not okay. You know, there's going to be one person out there be like, writing, well, what if I do that? No. <laughs> no. Don't do definitely anything. Definitely also not skywriting. Yeah. So uh, that oh, was oh, terrible. So but speaking what, of rants, because we kind of like. Yeah. It's the holidays. It is. We got some great tweets. We mm-hmm. asked for some topics. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you an extra special long episode because A, we just, it's morning and we feel mm-hmm. like it. We have some time. We do. B, we have a lot of feelings. And uh, C, you need it for your travel. Yeah. Some of you are traveling or cooking, waiting for your family to come or by yourself. Yeah. And we want to give you some entertainment. Yeah. And and we need it. Let's and we need it. <laughs> so, so we're going to go off. We're going to go off the rails. So I would clear your schedule for this for the rest of the day. Yeah. Here's the thing. really go on. We're going to get to the questions. And then we're going to start ranting. We're going to wait for the coffee to totally kick mm-hmm. in, even though we've all been up since super early. Here's the other thing. Uh, I was looking through the Google Docs and the questions, mm-hmm. and I noticed we have a lot of backup questions. These are still questions from September mm-hmm. and August, you guys. Holy shit. Sally and I have decided we've wanted to do this for a long time, mm-hmm. but I mean, let's do it. Do you want to? Let's, yeah. Well, guys, I think we're going to try to make this bad boy a weekly situation once a fucking once week. a fucking week once every seven days you guys we want to do it every day it's just you know life and jobs getting right in the way. exactly so, which 
uh, we both agree are bullshit, but we need to make a living. Yeah. So we're going to try to do this every week. We can't live off the surprise asshole pins, which, by the <laughs> way, are happening. Yeah. Yeah. But m- merch is coming. But um, so, yeah, like as long as uh, like pending our schedules and mental respective mental health. Exactly. We um, will let you know if we're yeah. taking a week off. You know, yeah. we may need to because the holidays are pretty Bananas. much extensive. We should maybe start that like not till after I don't know should we wait till after the holidays Let's or wait after, till after Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving and then okay. see how we feel okay but um if you guys are into it we're into it yeah we're yeah. very I'm way into it and so you know if listen I, if there's a millionaire listening who's like I have or a billionaire I have an extra million sitting around I'd like to pay you mm-hmm. and no strings though like don't yeah, be no like strings. talk about um you know Halliburton no mm-hmm. that's not gonna happen no. oh <laughs> you know what everyone's got a price yeah I mean but we love you and we want to get to your emails and keep writing in. Do yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. In fact, we're going to need more emails. Now there you go. Now that we're doing so this. So keep writing. For every email you write us, for every problem in your life, have another problem. Out exactly. Of and well, or don't. Or don't. Get solved and then have a friend come in. There you go. Yeah, there we are. It's like um, a pen pal. So that's exciting. What What about you, though? Like, Because I just went off on my little... Uh, yeah, so I, I changed. So Sally had an original one. She changed it this morning in the Google Doc. I, too, changed it because yeah. of a couple different things. Um, I actually did oh, want to yeah. briefly say, because it's a it was a big deal, but I it didn't turn into a big deal. My computer died officially. Mm-hmm. Um, the hard drive just... Basically, I turned it on and there was a question mark and then a zero with a cross through it, and oh, you God. never want to see your Mac no. give you that emoji. Um, so I called the Apple store, and they were like, yeah, you need a new hard drive. And I hadn't backed up anything in a while, and I have a new podcast client because I do some production on the side, and it was like the worst-case scenario. So I called my friend who works at Apple in San Francisco, or no, sorry, L.A., and she's like, girl, you got to back up your shit. And mm-hmm. I was like, please don't tell me that. I What do I do? I got lucky enough that the computer rebooted magically Holy shit. for like – a good two hours and I backed everything up oh my God. and then it died again and I needed a new hard drive and everything got wiped clean so honestly back it up but also I don't know when things like that happen that actually are holy shit I could have lost a huge client or a lot of money yeah. or, a, or a school paper or anything because teachers don't need excuses like mm-hmm. that my only advice would be like you know get through it there's always a solution there's nothing you can do at a certain point you gotta let go but back your shit yeah, up yeah back your shit up I now use carbonite I have an external... I mean, listen, there's people sitting at home probably going, oh, you didn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been doing this podcast and you haven't been... Guys, listen, I was uh, in the theater and a communications major. Also, computers... I did improv. For us, like, <laughs> they like they happened, like, like in our adult lives. I mean, whatever, they exist when we were kids, but, like, we haven't... Our whole lives haven't happened on computers, so I feel like it's only recently that we're realizing we need to, like, you know, back I had up. to use a computer lab. I had to sign in with a dinosaur real dinosaur <laughs> we type with our index fingers only you guys no joke i do actually wait do you do that i do yeah oh. yeah i use two fingers um but uh yeah so that was a thing but i was i don't want to say i'm proud of myself but i i legit like i was like well i can't panic i can't mm-hmm. make a scene there's nothing i can do this is all i can do and it worked out that's awesome i did have to spend a lot of money but it's i have to say like the problems that you can like buy your way out of yeah worse well, than the problems you can't buy your way out that's, of that's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of people deal with things that you can't, no matter how much money you throw at it. Yeah, you know, it's still a problem. Can't. Money does buy happiness. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, that's our lesson. <laughs> We're now capitalists. Okay, um, great. So things we did to help ourselves this week. Oh, boy. Sally and I had the same exact we answer. We did. You want to say it together? We, we watched Master, Master of None. Hey. Netflix show. Netflix show, which I watched a couple episodes, uh, or 
yeah, one or two episodes of, and I was like, um, I don't know. I don't love the tone of it. I don't know if I don't, well, if there's something I don't really like about this. And then so many people who I like and respect thought it was like amazing and transcendent. So I watched all of it. And I got to say, um, I, there are still things about it that I feel like are, that like don't totally work for me and are like kind of off, but like what, what is happening there in terms of like how they're handling topics and how things are happening thematically and like there's there are things that are problematic about it please don't tell me that I'm not seeing I mean well you can I'm probably not seeing everything that's problematic but there are things that are problematic but there are so many things that are always problematic about other shows that this show is like addressing a million percent agree I was just texting with uh, Molly Neffel last night about it and she's like what do you think and I said honestly I I think it's a good good show I didn't like some of the tone I think Mm -hmm. it was sort of almost like Aziz Ansari does his version of a Seinfeld of like yeah. boring things being funny. But in a way, I like that a lot better than Seinfeld. Um, and yet the way they handled these topics, I saw it more as like a serious show with comedy as opposed mm-hmm. to a comedy show with some serious stuff. Mm-hmm. I got really like the um, Woman Walking Home episode. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. That was, and I knew where the episode was going. So guys, no spoilers, but there's an amazing episode about women's experiences versus men's. Mm-hmm. And you know that never could have happened if the showrunners and Aziz Ansari so they get all the cookies now. But mm-hmm. if, if somebody hadn't been like, hey, there's other people's experiences, we need to listen. And it was a really great episode about yeah. what happens when people listen and there's it's amazing material. Yeah. I saw where the episode was going within the first two seconds when the guy bought her the drink. Yeah. Before she even walked home. Yeah, that guy like, was like instantly a creep. Yeah, about like the back and forth at the bar. Oh, even yeah, then. yeah. And then I was the like, two. exactly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and then the walking, I was like, this is exactly what I... And like the, the argument that Dev has with his girlfriend where she's like you know like I'm you you are going you're choosing like your take on things versus my firsthand take I'm telling you what it's actually like and you're telling me that's not really how it is that was I mean it was just so real and so good and it's I don't know how he became so awesome but I can't help but believe that part of it is he is a minority in this country he must have experienced similar things as well so had no choice but to sort of be able to see other people's perspectives and surround himself with like-minded people who are like hey we got to do better yeah I mean and I, I don't also, know much about him though so I don't well I mean I, I think probably also like he that con- I mean I just I feel like a lot of what you see in the show probably happened to them in real life including someone he was dating or some woman in his life being like dude what the fuck like how do you not get this it's a good point you yeah. know and it's good that he can listen yeah you know? I, I really like that also that it's it's kind of it's an optimistic show um, and it's not like mean like yes you know like it's the, like people are kind um, not in like a Pollyanna way but like the punchlines are not about something or someone being terrible which is really refreshing especially like if you're having a shitty time and you just you know how you like sometimes can't engage with anything that's like going to be like remotely heavy or dark I was never Larry David uncomfortable during the show no never it's not even like 30 Rock mean I mean Mm -hmm. I I would sometimes have to not watch 30 Rock because there was just so much meanness and so then I was like let me watch Parks and Rec because it's like so nice although now I've noticed that there's like a ton of fat shaming in it Mm -hmm. but Master of None is like even nicer 
I think not not to be like it's a really nice show that's why you should but there's just something about being able to like explore relationships and things that are happening without having to make it funny by being an asshole like Nashville wasn't a funny episode it was a very different episode you watch it yeah 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 yeah. and I liked that it was just totally different yeah I was like all right here's something that isn't necessarily not laugh out loud all the time but like I'm enjoying watching these people yeah do this totally my one not my one critique. One of my critiques about the Ladies and Gentlemen episode was that like Aziz Ansari or Dev was like kind of a hero for like, yes, you know, yeah. which which was like, OK, but now you're still doing it. So that's why I say like I think the show has like some things to work out. But can we talk about the fact that like there are people of color and like stories about immigrants and there's a, a woman of color who's a lesbian talking about her sex life? Yeah. I mean, holla fucking Louie. Oh man and also what's great is in the casting calls a lot of the ancillary parts like you know the dates and mm-hmm. married couples and things um, he didn't put race in the casting calls he's like I don't care let's just have everyone come in and I mean I think they did actively try to cast outside mm-hmm. of you know but yeah. that's great that it was like Asian woman on her phone it wasn't like that because yeah, normally yeah, yeah. every casting oh, call God, is specifically that and anyone could have played that part and you know what right, right, I'm right. talking about yeah, right? yeah, yeah. like so yeah awesome so you guys you should watch Master of None yeah and definitely not you know like super funny all the time so don't expect it to be like a stand-up show yeah um but yeah and if you don't like it that's okay too it's a different tone yeah but it's interesting I thought it was a really interesting show to watch it's also like paced really well where like you actually do have to like sit with some moments that go on for a long time and are kind of uncomfortable yeah I mean not in a cringy way but like even in the pilot you're like ooh, this is tough and they're on. not like letting you out of it really if it was like a regular network show they'd say let's cut the scene that's going on too yeah, long yeah 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 they totally. just like have a lot of fun all right let's get to it Gosh, okay we talked about so many things we and have so much ranting to do and we have emails to get to let's do it let's do it okay so how do you feel about do you want me to read this sure go for okay. it okay uh so this person wants hawkeye or shutterbug what do Amazing. you think oh my god i think hawkeye just sounds so badass Thank you I right was, i mean shutterbug's great but hawkeye is hawkeye like all the way pretty badass Hi, Kate and Sally. I stumbled across your podcast a few weeks ago and love everything about you. I have a situation slash problem I need some help thinking through letting go of. There is also a, oh, sorry, there is a lot of backstory to my question, so feel free to edit uh, every, anyway anything that's irrelevant. Um, the, this time last year, I was in the middle of what I would call a mental breakdown. The organization that I had spent most of my young adulthood at was going through a bit of a rough patch and taking me with it. I don't handle stress and change very well, and the expectations that were placed on me, coupled with the unhealthy dynamics and toxic culture, lead me to ha- led me to have to take a physical break from the space, other members, and staff for my own mental health. Being in the space would trigger my depression and anxiety, causing me to have severe panic attacks because I felt that there was a lot of a lot left unsaid and people were quote unquote too busy to deal with it. I felt powerless in the space and was having suicidal thoughts and self-medicating to get through social interaction. Though I was taking a physical break from the space, I wasn't taking a break from my friendship with the people that worked there, one of which was my best friend. During the time I was off, I tried multiple times to hang out with the person, but they basically avoided me the entire time. This hurt because I was going through a rough time and needed a friend to support me, but they were nowhere to be found, even though I've been there for them countless times. I spent a lot of nights crying and beating myself up about it because I take my friendships very seriously, and when I can, when I call someone my best friend, it's something I mean deeply. I spent all of my middle school being bullied, and the five friends that I managed to make during that time are still people I speak to today. When I returned from my self-imposed break, we spoke about why I decided to take the break, but they continued to avoid me, not talk to me, 
not hang out with me as I tried to re-engage in the organization. Later, I found out they were subtweeting me on Twitter instead of talking to me directly, which really made me mad, hurt, insecure about them and a lot of the friendships I've cultivated in the space. I decided it was best for me to leave the state to further some of my professional and personal goals. Hawkeye, good for you. Mm -hmm. I've recently moved back, but because the organization slash party slash social community in my state is fairly small for trans brown people, since moving back, it's been really hard for me to re-engage and continue the work I love and go to the events and spaces that I used to because I would be forced to share space with the people and their friends who have contributed to bullying and cultivating a toxic culture in a space that's supposed to be the opposite of the mainstream. I've also become super critical of the staff, specific people, and members of that organization to the point that I find myself wanting to be petty and fully call out the people involved. I know that doing that will make me look like the bad guy in the situation, and I've spent too much time building up my legitimacy as a young organizer to let it all go to waste over interpersonal drama. I've spent a lot of time silencing myself about this hurt because I know that eventually other people will see the type of person they are, but till then, I'm stuck informing mutual friends that we are no longer on speaking terms and not to invite me to share the space with them and because they have more social capital than me people are more likely to flock to them and leave me high and dry i'm learning that i don't want these type of people in my life anyway causing me to be standoffish with a lot of people my question is how do i start to rebuild i've spent months learning about myself as a person sans the organization slash group of friends and getting my mental health in check taking my medication and seeing a therapist i've also spent time mentally separating the people who've hurt me from the people who were just a part of the organization just to cut down on all or nothing thinking that comes with my depression. Hmm. Some of those people I talk to now, but it still feels awkward because I don't know what they think happened or what they know, and I'm afraid to say one day they would ask about it and that would trigger me again. Also, some of them are still friends with that person, and I understand I have no control over people who are still friends with. I know that things will never be the same, and I'm happy about that since I'm a much happier, better person now. Better, happier person now. I just want to be able to do the work I love in the community I love. This is especially important to me because I'm looking for jobs in the organizing community in this state and not have to worry about crying in a meeting because they are sitting across the table because they suck and make me feel I was back in middle school getting bullied. Thank you so much in advance for taking the time to read through my melodrama of a life. Hawkeye. Okay. I had a minor crisis in the middle of that because I got signed out of Google and couldn't look at So I was like frantically, I had to just like make up a new password. Oh so no, are you serious? Before we talk about Hawkeye, I want to process what just, no, I'm just kidding. I don't need to, <laughs> but so like I, I'm so sorry, Hawkeye. I, I have read this several times already. Yeah. So I feel qualified. We do read your emails in advance. Yeah. Many, many times. Um, so can I go first? Yes, I want you to. Okay, so the thing that I'm getting from this, by the way, I used to be an organizer and I have to say that... I think that's kind of why I wanted you to respond to Oh, cool, to this. okay. Yeah. So the thing is that like you do want to believe that your little circle of like progressive organizer activist people are like don't have the same dynamics as like the mainstream and everything, but that's like, that is like a pipe dream. Like there are toxic people everywhere. There are boundaryless people everywhere. So that's like just a thing that's always that's like a rally that's always going to exist. But um, the other thing I'm getting from this email a lot is that your um, your like feelings about your relationships and your past and bullying are are really like intertwined with what's going on with you professionally. And of course, there's a degree to which those things are always going to be kind of intertwined with each other but in this case I think that your um 
your like perception of what's going on in your like professional circles is is being like influenced by how hurt you are um, and how triggered you are by not being like treated well by someone you considered a friend um, and I think that you sometimes have to just sort of deal with these people who aren't being nice to you are petty are whatever um, and accept like the way you would if it was in your personal life that there are some people who just like you aren't going to get along with or who suck or who, who are bullies or who are toxic and just like sit with that and know that that's your reality. The thing that makes it different is that you have to like work with these people which really fucking sucks. But I think like I mean it sounds like you also know that what you have to do is just like deal with it because they have more social capital or because you have to have meetings with them and you don't want to cry. Um but I do think that like that is a huge part of it is just like understanding why you're being so triggered and then figure out how to take care of yourself through that as opposed to trying to like solve something with them. Yeah, um, I want to say two things. First, um, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> um, it's okay to be angry and I think it's it would be a good idea for you to sit with this and be like, I'm really mad, mm-hmm. you know, like it's hard to hide it. But, you know, whenever you can in therapy or in your private time or if you do have someone to vent to, yeah, you have every right to be frustrated. That being said, Sally's right. You can't change people. The other thing I will say, now this is, I didn't work in the same organization Sally worked in, but I did used to bartend. (laughs) And even people in their 30s and 40s get very Mm cliquish. And I've seen communities be torn apart and people talking about each other behind their backs who are adults. And... What I've always found to be true, and this is very weird, is time changes everything. Mm -hmm. Even giving something a year, people's dynamics just change and shift. If you keep doing you and stay on your track and just sort of, if you love what you do, which it sounds like you do, and it is very important work, they, I mean, fuck them, but also they might finally come around and be like, hey, you're cool. Sorry I was being a jerk for the last year. Mm -hmm. Um, It's such hard advice to give because it's painful that you can't. You know, but it sounds like you know this. It mm-hmm. sounds like you know. So as far as how to survive and get through the next few years if you have to and want to work with these people, things might shift. You'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. I've seen people just sort of, I don't know, people don't want to hate on someone forever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's ridiculous to have this schoolyard bullying mentality, but unfortunately it happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. Sally's right. Yeah, and I think also like, you know, your feelings of being bullied and being triggered is not about those people. It's not about anyone talking about you behind your back. It's about you and what your reaction is to it and how you deal with it. Of course, like I don't think people should be bullied. I don't think people should act like toxic, monstrous assholes. I don't think people should be bigots. Um, I don't think any of that's okay. But sometimes like you find yourself in a situation where you have to be around those people and it really just comes down to like managing how you cope with it. Um, Like when I look back on when I was organizing, there was someone who I swear was like actually sabotaging me. Like I really like every interaction that she was involved in and every interaction that she wasn't like present for, she was still able to somehow like undercut me and sabotage me. And there were like two different things happening for me at that time one was like okay this is like fucking up my work so like I need to figure out how to like make this thing happen or make this event happen or make this connection happen with this person trying to like torpedo me so that's like a problem I can solve and then the other reaction was me feeling so hurt and so bullied and so excluded and so um 
just so shitty and it brought up all of my own shit like uh, that has to do with like you know just being not being you know treated well being excluded all that stuff and that like that's like not a problem that you can solve by like sitting down and being like okay like you know um well I guess I should say it's a problem that you solve by like sitting down and like processing your feelings around it and trying to figure out why that's coming up for you right now I have so many feelings right now because you just reminded me um as far as that really close friend of yours from childhood that's disappointing, I got to be honest, I had a really good friend from high school and we had a falling out a few years ago over something ridiculous. And we're actually not friends anymore. Mm. And that's okay because it wasn't me she was mad at. She has some other problems she's been dealing with and she has other friends. And for whatever reason, we couldn't work out our differences, even though it was ridiculous in my mind. But that's okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean she's a bad person. Uh, people change. The second thing I wanted to say is actually you just reminded me, and I think I may have a, not a solution, but something that might help. Um, I have a friend who works in nonprofit and has her entire life. And again, actually, maybe it's not specifically nonprofit. She's also worked in other places. So she's, we meet up for brunch a lot, and she tells me these stories of her office that are unbelievable. And she goes, Catherine, the nonprofit world, like they should do a sitcom about it. There's so many characters. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, again, every office has their things and, you know, um, drama. But it might help you, um, Hawkeye, if you do have friends who are also in that world, to just sit down and kind of have a bitch session. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to use that word, but like chat it out and just mm-hmm. be like, vent. And then you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You are not alone. I have heard so many stories about one of the most prominent, uh, visible, organizations out there currently my friend had to leave because the drama got so high yeah I mean it's like it's yeah it's nonprofits. I mean I have only worked for two nonprofits. most of my professional history is with nonprofits, and they're full of people who are in that work because they're unresolved about their own shit and so they're trying to fix the world and what I mean that's true in some ways not true in other ways is generalization I know but trust me like I that's a really good point, actually. Like, you know, yeah. people who are just, like, so intense about, like, saving the world and fixing people and fixing everything are usually, like, not usually, often are, like, pretty damaged themselves and it's, like, unprocessed. Yeah. And, and of course, like, it is damaged. People who have been marginalized and damaged by the world who are invested in this work. And that's, like, an amazing thing that they become our leaders. But... Some for many people, it's like unprocessed and undealt with, and it comes out in these shitty ways of like being subtweeted. And oh god, it, yeah, oh, which is terrible. What is that, by the way? What subtweet? Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, because I like do it all the time. No, but I, it's like no, I don't. I try not to do it. But it's basically when you um you you tweet something that seems like it's like a general comment but it's really like directed at a person. Like you like you would tweet like I just like really hate it when some when people are like like don't ever reply to your email for days but it's like really because like there's like this one person who you know reads your twitter feed who like hasn't replied to your email that's like a very like vanilla oh like something i almost tweeted yesterday during a situation that i won't go into of like oh that's cool if you want to give someone else my seat but maybe you get up when i need my seat back exactly yeah did you guys get that that was my subtweeting publicly i love it subtweeting irl i thought it was like responding to people and i'm like but then they can see it okay weird i I'm, i'm an old person um i think the last thing i want to say real quick is that um therapy's amazing all these things are amazing, mm-hmm. but there is something very therapeutic. And Sally and I actually did this the other night. Just not feeling guilty about venting about mm-hmm. something to somebody. Mm-hmm. Don't feel bad about it. You're not a mean person. It really helps to hear that you're not alone. Even last night, I had a woman on my podcast who's another actor, and we just ended up chatting for a good hour about 
being frustrated and it made me feel so much better mm-hmm. not to be alone. And I think right now you're feeling alone. And if you can, and it sounds like you do have some people, stick with those people, mm-hmm. you know, cultivate those friendships. The other friends might come around. You might change your tune. But for now, do what you can to get through it mm-hmm. because you're doing really important work and understand you're not the only one that goes through shit like this. Yeah. Yes. So. Stick with your allies. Do your own work. And let those, I think you, you said something that I think is really true is like people are like, people will realize over time who is a good person and who's a monster. Like they're like, those people are, you know. I almost spit on my water into the microphone when she said monster because <laughs> it just came out of nowhere. Like, like those people are like, you know, showing their hand by like subtweeting and like being monstrous. Like you being a kind person and not, you know, like you said, like you don't want to call them out and be super petty. Like you, you sort of like keeping it to yourself and like pushing ahead and just like doing your own work like Mm -hmm. in the end like people are going to see like who is the person that's like a good kind person who is invested in the work and who is a jerk who has a personal agenda yeah um and a plus for self-care it's really strong Mm -hmm. and hard to take time off of someplace get your stuff together and come back that's huge yeah so you obviously already have the tools and you gotta wonder if maybe there's some people who are giving you shit about it because they're kind of jealous and wish they had the strength that you know yeah, right? Yeah, True. probably. Yeah. probably. It's like our yeah. parents always said. They're probably just jealous of you or like you. I don't know, whatever. Oh, whatever God, I hate that. Yeah, yeah. And he hits you because he likes you. No, he's a monster. Okay. <laughs> Sally, do you want to read this one? Yes. Um, okay. Oh, we have to make up a name. Yeah. She pronoun. Um, mm. So master of none. I can't remember all the characters' names. Also, I, I need a show to be more of a like a classic for, yeah. like, uh, for me to like give it naming status so are we still doing uh Friday Night Lights Mad Men what else Walking Dead what are we watching oh let's do I mean I don't watch Walking Dead but you let's that's a classic let's go with that uh Maggie Maggie okay this is an email from Maggie hey Catherine and Sally hi (laughs) hi I started to listen to your podcast after coming across Sally's Twitter profile well 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 love it being linked to the BuzzFeed post on which way you clasp your bra. I'm a back clasper, by the way. I read about really important things, you guys. Just you, so do. you do. And I'm a back clasper. Are you a back or front clasper? I don't know what that means. Oh, back. So, yeah, back. Yeah, see, some obviously. people clasp it in the front and then turn it around. Oh, no, I do that. Oh, you do that? I do that, front? yeah. Oh, my God. I'm a front clasper. I thought you meant the bras that clasp in the front. I was like, who the fuck is that yeah. anymore? Those, are, <laughs> yeah. those will pop out. That's not a thing. Nope. Okay. Um, I haven't listened to all of your episodes yet, so forgive me if you've already covered this topic. I just really need some advice. I'm a cis female and identify as a lesbian. I recently got engaged, and I'm so excited to start the next chapter of our lives. The weekend that she proposed to me was both overwhelming in the best way possible and terrifying. Two days after getting engaged, my fiancé and I stopped by my parents' house to let them know our good news. Let's just say their response was less than desirable. They both basically told me that as long as I'm happy, they're happy for me. But the look in their eyes told a different story. No smiling, no jumping up and down. I was devastated but gave them some space to absorb the big news. Jump forward about two months and my parents still haven't brought up my engagement or wedding. I decided to call my mom, she is more open to communication than my dad, and ask her how she is feeling about the engagement and if she would like to be involved in the wedding planning. I've always dreamed of this once-in-a-lifetime mother-daughter moment. My mom told me that although she doesn't agree with my lifestyle and choices, she wants to be involved as much as I would like in the planning process. That felt like a backhanded slap. But she then added that even though she disagrees with what I am doing, she still plans on attending the wedding. My dad, however, does not wish to be involved in any part of my marriage. I feel like I barely have parents anymore, and it has been extremely hard to accept this. I'm fine with walking myself down the aisle and not having a father-daughter dance, but now I feel like I have to cut ties, cut all ties with both parents. 
I do not want to continue a relationship with those who do not support me and my future wife. I also have to think about our future children. I do not want to put our kids through any of the unloving conversations that I have had with my parents all throughout my life. I guess I'm asking, how can I decide whether I should even have my mom involved or participate in my wedding or should I take a break from the relationship with both parents? Constantly feeling like my life isn't good enough for them frankly causes my depression and anxiety to come back to the surface. I've been out to them for about five and a half years and now and it has been a huge issue that just hasn't gotten better really appreciate your help love your podcast thank you two things um sally this is for you if <laughs> i've been playing with the knobs on my equipment mm-hmm. this entire time i don't want you to think anything i'm just learning finally about sound engineering mm-hmm. so like i'm like checking levels That's and cool. making things sound good so by the way i'm sorry about that that's okay secondly when i read this i cried mm-hmm. because i totally relate especially i know it sounds cheesy but when she talks about the father-daughter dance at the wedding that is like my trigger in movies. Mm. I watched like a Mandy Moore movie where she's dancing with her dad at the wedding and I just start to mm-hmm. sob. Listen, am I married? No. Do I want to be? Maybe. Uh, the whole fairy tale thing, we're, you know, raised with that. Now I know it's different. But deep down, you're like, it's such a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. We're taught it's such a big thing. So I like actually got sad thinking about mm-hmm. that. So um, it's really hard to say this because easier said than done and trust me I, I get it but um I mean they're not there you can't change them it sounds like they're being as supportive as they can be mm-hmm. and that's as far as they're going to give you which is unfortunate mm-hmm. and the thing is of course you want them at your wedding but do you I don't know like you've always pictured this wedding of your dad dancing with you in the aisle and all this stuff well that's not going to happen mm-hmm. okay so that's what he said how are you going to work around it to make this day a good memory? Mm-hmm. Do you want it to be a good memory? Of course you do. So weddings, let's talk about them for a hot second. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of societal pressure being put on you that this is the way it should be. And of course, your parents, it's a birthright to have your parents support you a million percent no matter what you do. But unfortunately, they don't always do that mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So how are you going to get through it? I think that's the first thing that is the hard truth that I think you're aware of. But unfortunately... Yeah, you're disappointed and you should be. Mm-hmm. Sally, what are your thoughts on getting through? Well, I mean, my my thing with like parents is that like, I think it's actually not a birthright to have supportive parents. Like, it, you know, there's this like, I think, myth that all anyone who has kids is going to really be good at parenting. Mm. And I just think a lot of people aren't. See, my shrink used that line once and I liked it because it resonated with me that I was allowed to be angry that my dad wasn't in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean like, it was yeah. my right to have him be present. I guess I maybe I'm misquoting that, but I know what you're saying. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, sometimes people try their best to be parents. And they just can't. And yeah. it's okay. And it's it's like pretty good. And other people try their best to be parents and they're at, it's their best is actually pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. And other people don't even try their best. And that really sucks. Yeah. Um, but I think that like, you know, like this I think is such a shitty thing to accept and to hear but like there's no rule in the universe that your parents have to hear about your marriage and jump up and down get excited about it like that and just in the same way that like there's kind of no rule that they have to like be good parents to you when you're a little kid it's like the same thing as as when you're an adult and I think like a lot of what's difficult about adulthood if you start thinking about your childhood is is realizing some of the things that like your parents didn't do so well and wish they had done better. And for a lot of people, that's like childhood was fine, but it's like when they're adults, they're like their parents are being dicks about them coming out or their parents are putting a lot of pressure on them career-wise and are disappointed with them and stuff like that. And I think that like a lot of this stuff with parents is like 
stuff that you have to s- figure out for yourself. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think there are two routes you can take with parent stuff. The one route is like going to your parents and confronting them and talking about things and being like, um, like a, a big like overarching conversation about your relationship with them, not about a specific slight, but being like, listen, this is what I need as a person. This is how you're not meeting my needs. And I we need to talk about this so we can repair our relationship. The other route you can take is basically accepting that you're not going to get what you want from them or need from them and figure out how to be okay with that and figure out if you want to have a relationship with them given that they're not giving you what you need. Sometimes what they're not giving you is like not really that big of a deal and you can like have a relationship with them, be disappointed and and go on. Other Mm -hmm. times they're not giving you something so crucial or they're being so hurtful that you can't actually maintain a relationship with them. And I think that's like all those decisions have to be made. The root, the first route that I talked about, which is like confronting your parents and talking about things, I feel like is really like sometimes like there are some people who can hear criticism and be like, wow, I didn't realize it was really hurting you. Like, let's repair this. Like, let's talk about it. And then there are other people who are going to be like, I mean, I don't really think I'm doing anything wrong. These are my beliefs. Like, this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, then you're like, well, I guess I'm going the other route, which is like deciding how much of a relationship I want to have with you. And I, Maggie, it sounds like you have confronted your mom about the wedding thing and you know how your dad feels about it too. And I think from there, you just have to basically, I'm talking for so long. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. But like, this is great. But like from there, I think you basically have to decide to just accept where your parents are at right now and either hope that they're going to change like keep the invitation open like let them come if they want to um but accept that like they might always be a huge disappointment I don't know I think they need to give her an answer because otherwise what it's like the day before and then she'll be stressing out about will they come or won't they you know what I mean I guess I mean I I think that well, yeah, I mean, I guess so. I'm, I, I, I'm, I guess I'm speaking more to the like overall like relationship than like actually them attending the wedding and stuff. But, I mean, like you could decide like you could say to your parents like only people who support me 100% are allowed in my life and at my wedding. So consider yourselves uninvited. Like that's a move you can totally make. Um, but I think like the more I think like I well at least I should say I'm more interested than as opposed to like the specific thing around the wedding. I'm more interested in like the overarching idea of like how do you move forward with parents who are just like basically they're being withholding is what's Mm -hmm. happening and it's like masked in their like political beliefs or cultural beliefs Mm -hmm. it sounds to me like oh sorry uh they uh jumping on the couch thing and you know being like so excited it sounds to me like you kind of knew they wouldn't be Mm -hmm. you know and um unfortunately it's so disappointing but you have to learn not to set yourself up for disappointment uh, I set the bar super low for everybody just so I can be excited all the time mm-hmm. when they respond to me. I'm joking. But mm-hmm. I have a family member who is, I have a lot of family members who are going through things I can't, I don't want to name them because I think they listen to the show. But one person was, called me and they were furious that another person did a thing. And mm-hmm. I said, how often has that relative been doing that thing? And she said, our entire lives. And I was like, what did you expect? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I understand that you're still angry, but there comes a point where you're going to have to say, okay, unfortunately, this is the way they are. I don't want to be disappointed anymore. I just want to move on. And of course you want them to be happy for you. But, and you know what? They may be in 10 years. They will be. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But you have to make your life for you. You're excited about the wedding. It sounds fantastic. Mm -hmm. You had a great proposal. Holy shit. Um, Have a wonderful wedding if you can. And I think you need to have them decide early on, Mm -hmm. in or out. Mm -hmm. And if they are not there, then you have to come to peace with it so that you can enjoy your wedding and Mm -hmm. your life. 
I mean, you can be a whole person without a father-daughter dance and without being walked down the aisle. Wow, like, that's <laughs> too good to debate a um, You know what I mean? But like, it's going to require work on your part to like accept the fact that like your parents are human beings who have limitations and can't show up for you in all the ways that you want them to or the ways that they should. But unfortunately, like that's on you to like process and figure out, I think. Yeah. Again, the theme of the show is can't change people. Yeah. But it sounds like you're doing great. Yeah, you're doing great. You're batting a thousand. Also, I have to say like five and a half years feels like a long time. But, you know, your parents could be alive for like, I don't know how old they are, but let's say 30 to 40 more years. Mm -hmm. They could come around in 15 years and you'll still have 25 great years with them. Like, Mm -hmm. sure, maybe they'll never come around, but they might, you know. Yeah, I actually, uh, there's a story on Tell the Bartender this week. A guy tells when he was 17, when he was very young, he was caught with gay porn. He's bisexual. He identifies as bisexual now, but back then he was experimenting with a lot of things. And his parents are very religious, and they sent him to conversion therapy and all that stuff. And he was 17 at the time of that. Now he's 23 and living in New York City and very successful and, um, you know, out, very open about his sexuality. And he went back home recently. This is during tour, you guys. This is one of my tour mates. And we met his mother, and we heard stories about his parents, and their their house is, like, religious. But she, we had this really deep conversation when he was out of the room, and she's like... I was worried at first for him. Now I understand it. And I love him so much. And I hope he knows how proud I am of him. And, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I just, it took me a while to come to terms with something I'm not used to. Yeah. And um, it was really emotional to see that. And that was only, you know, five, six years. Yeah. And, she, you know, if he were to marry a dude, would she probably be not jumping on the couch? Maybe. But it doesn't mean that she's not having her own experience with it. And, all you can do is have your experience with your fiance and your friends. Well said. Beautifully right? said. Yeah, Thanks, that was awesome. Guys. I had a feeling I wasn't nailing it for a while, but. No, you um, nailed it the whole damn time. No, you I do. I keep moving away from the mic. Am I okay? No, you're good. See, here's the thing. I didn't want you to get a self-conscious about adjusting levels. Oh. I'm just like legit trying to make everything sound perfect. Everything. You guys, I'm trying. Yeah, no, I think we're batting a thousand. <laughs> you sound wonderful. Thank you. You always do. Well. Um, oh, this is me. Oh, there is a trigger warning, uh, rape and abusive relationship. It's not in great detail, but just a heads up that this is what this is about because. Really bad timing to ask this, but can I go to the bathroom? Yes. Thank you. You can, but I'm going to keep recording while you're peeing. I had I'm so many hold... liquids, you guys. That's fine. Is no, it we'll... going to record? We'll take a break. No, okay. How was it, Sally? <laughs> we're back. I, I that was, I, I, like 10 minutes earlier I was like I'm just gonna like make it through a power through and then I realized there's no fucking way this is happening (laughs) I waited until the absolutely most sensitive time in the entire podcast to do that so I apologize no 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 it was great you had good timing um so okay (laughs) all right so we can make the the name she pronoun Um, okay I feel so much pressure what's another um walking dead thing oh I mean Carol Okay, Carol's Carol. a bad... I don't even... Oh, she's still alive, I think. Okay, yeah, I just... I'm watching this season. And okay. I didn't catch up the last episode. Guys, no spoilers. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, this is me. Okay. I'm so very excited about your podcast. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. <laughs> I just... You know, you're great. You're amazing. I love you guys. So, this goes on for 10 pages. <laughs> um, and they listened to episode 20 and heard Batgirl's story. We got so much response from Batgirl. Mm-hmm. And wanted to she offer keeps support. That's the one who was in a, an abusive relationship. <clears throat> anyway. I wanted to write in and ask for some advice because I was so excited when I listened to the pilot episode and heard that Sally has an MSW. Sally, remind us what that is again? A Master's of Social Work. Yes. I have a complete... I actually did not know what that was. I knew you had a Master's in Social Work. Didn't put that together. I thought it was like a doctorate. I have no idea. 
I have a completely different background in college education, but I've known for years that I no longer wanted to pursue the career path I once did for a variety of reasons. During college, I was raped at a party, and three years later, I was in the abusive relationship that I left. I got help from a therapist and the local domestic violence and rape crisis center organization. Um, oh, sorry, after dealing with all these types of violence and started volunteering with the organization. I still volunteer there and work part-time as well, and I feel that I've been really, um, that I really have found what I would like to do as a career, help women who are or have been victims of violence. I live in a college town where you can get your MSW no matter what your undergraduate study was in, and I'm strongly considering trying to go to school part-time and continuing to work at my current jobs part-time at the center and at my full-time job. I have already approached my full-time boss about this as a future possibility and he was very supportive and I can do my part-time work anytime. Sally, what advice do you have for someone considering getting an MSW? One thing I'm very concerned about, maybe too concerned about, is being able to express exactly what capacity I'd like to help victims of violence. By this I mean working with victims and families directly or working on the community macro level and still be focused on violence against women. I don't know if I should have this figured out before I go back to school or before I apply, or if this is something that people generally figure out during their studies through their internships. I really like the prospect of someday being the director of a local crisis center, and to me that seems like it would be both direct practice and macro, so that isn't giving me answers to either as to which route to go. Lastly, I would like to know if I could be a pen pal with someone paired like you mentioned on the pilot episode. Um, maybe someone in the social work field, either way, that would be really awesome. Thanks for the show. Um, she says, I don't know what my nickname should be. Okay, Carol. But I have two <laughs> dogs. And then she sent uh, pictures of her two dogs. Thank you. And then she sent another email saying, by the way, I didn't mean to exclude Catherine. I say thank you. Uh, Kate. And she said Carol. that she wants general career advice, uh, change advice, not just specifically about Sally's career. But I'm more interested in Sally's career. Yeah. And real quick. Ma- the, I'm going to make this the me show. Yeah. And we decided with the pen pal thing to make it the hashtag struggle pod buds 420. So you can find a struggle buddy as opposed to us giving out emails. Yeah, exactly. Because we didn't want a privacy thing. So look on the hashtag. Struggle pod bods. <laughs> We're 20. Uh, Sally, going to become a thing. You, you did this. You do this. What are your thoughts? Okay, so just like really quickly explain to people who are not, who don't know the MSW lingo. So like macro practice is when you're involved with things like community organizing and policy practice where you're trying to sort of, you're focused on changing things at a macro level. So policy change, law change, organizing, stuff like that. Um and micro practices like when you're doing more direct service like either you're offering therapy or you're a caseworker um and so carol is trying to decide between the two and the thing is actually that it's gonna i think come down to what school you want to go to some i'm i think that some schools will make you um apply to a particular concentration like um casework or group work or administration or policy practice or community organizing and other places might let you just declare that once you take some classes the other thing is that like some schools are going to be really good at giving you um at teaching you how to be an organizer and teaching you about policy practice and other schools are going to be really good at teaching you how to be like a direct practitioner um i think like rarely are place is good at like doing both things um i have an msw in community organizing and my school the school i went to was like known for its organizing um and i was required to take some classes and how to be a practitioner like a to do direct service and i definitely um whatever they were fine classes but i'm not qualified to be a direct to like offer direct services to someone um and 
so I think like first of all I would think about what school you're going to um it sounds like maybe you're going you already know what school you're going to so one thing you could do is like see what you think they're best at and which program seems most exciting to you the other thing to keep in mind is that you're going to have to do um field work which means you're going to have to spend like 20 hours a week basically and like in almost like an intern type position at an organization so you're going to do like really like get most of your actual learning in that in that position I mean at least that's how it was for me and you can try to you can tailor those internships to give you both kinds of experience and that'll help you decide what you want to do I the thing that I came away from social work school with is that I think that you can learn how to be a good organizer on the job I don't think you need school for it um to offer direct services and to like offer someone like therapy and to or to be a caseworker just to sort of like accompany people in their problems and what's going on in their lives I do think you need to be trained like a lot I think you need education and training and um, mentorship and so if you have any interest in that whatsoever I would definitely prioritize studying that in school because then you're going to have to get licensed this is like so in the weeds but you're then going to have to get licensed to practice in your state and if you haven't had that education and learned all that stuff it's going to be you're going to have to basically like teach yourself all of that so you can pass a licensing exam why aren't you a social worker is that I I don't know I I was really interested in organizing so that's why I went to school Mm -hmm. so that's why I went to social work school and I did organizing for a little while realized I didn't want to do it And then when I moved to New York, I was like, maybe I will become like maybe I'll become a licensed clinical social worker and like either, you know, offer um, like individual therapy or like um, just work in a clinical setting or whatever. But in in order to do that, I would basically have to like teach myself the entire curriculum that I didn't take in school because I was studying organizing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I could do that, but I would have to devote a huge amount of time and I would also have to you have to have a number of hours under supervision with a practicing clinical social worker so I'd have to somehow get that so it's like if I want to go that route I would basically be kind of starting over which is why I say if you think you want to do that like to be an organizer like you don't have to have like any supervision you don't have to I mean you can I really think you can learn that on the job and you can like read a couple books about like theory and like social change theory Mm -hmm. um but that is not the case with being like a clinical social worker yeah yeah you may want to talk to some people who are do both jobs yeah and sort of see where you might fit and you may change if you do go back to school you may change your uh desire of what you want to focus on Mm -hmm. um to answer your question, if I can, I can chime in. Thank you. As far as a career change, I'll tell you, uh, doing something that you love doing that helps other people is very rewarding, mm-hmm. as you know. And I think it's great. Definitely, I think if you go back to school, you have time to decide. I think what you're gonna be liking, yeah. right? Because you're you're studying all these different things. Maybe by the second year, I don't know how that works, but if it's anything like college or grad schools, I think you have a little bit of time to decide what you want to focus on. Is you, that true? Well, you do, I think, with some programs, but it's a, usually like a two-year professional okay. program. So a lot of times the school will like expect you to go in knowing what you want to do. I, I think there are times when you have like a semester to like you can switch. I mean, people did that in my school. They they started out doing one and realized they wanted to do the other. What about the first year where you just smoke pot and watch movies and then the next year you're like, oh, I think I want to do this and you 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 work really hard. But then the next year you change your mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was just me. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, but that is a path that you can consider. 
but um but i agree with what Catherine said like i would talk to people um particularly in the field you're interested in which sounds like um it's an intense women, field. In, intimate partner violence and talk to people who do both things and see what you think seems right for you you can even like volunteer in an organization and like really get a feel for it but um i i i always felt like when i was doing macro practice that I wasn't doing enough to actually help people and then when I was in my field work learning how to do clinical stuff I was like well this isn't going to actually change things on a macro level so it's not satisfying either so I really really relate to the bind you're in of trying Mm -hmm. to decide which one is for you it's tough and also I mean this is not at all easy to do my sister's a lawyer and she uh, had to be an evil lawyer for a few years to pay off her loans but now she does pro bono stuff Mm. and she is straight up in the courtroom fighting for these women's rights and changing things. So there's so many different ways to uh, help people. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind that there's so many ways in which you can help survivors. And that's really interesting. Yeah, I think anything you do, either one of these is going to help people. You just have to decide which is like a good fit for your... Like and, temperament and, the, and, and that you can emotionally and handle it yeah. too because you I mean hearing these stories on the daily is is difficult as mm. well so if you think you can handle that oh my gosh you're a saint but if you can't you need to recognize that yeah, just yeah, so you yeah. don't burn out easily or, totally um yeah but yeah good for you that's I think all the people who wrote in today were like nailing it at life everything else though yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah thank you guys. so I hope that was helpful Carol yeah yeah oh and by the way if you're writing it and not nailing it at life that's okay because uh nobody really is yeah we're no all, one's no we're one's all nailing struggling it. yeah um is it time do we have time for our holiday rants I think it's time to rant let's do it um so we put out a call on Twitter saying give us like just general topics we didn't want to ask for more specific letters because we already have so many to get through and we want to mm-hmm. make sure we get through all of them uh do you want to talk about the first one yeah we got some awesome ones so um please please cover ignoring family comments on appearance hair weight acne clothes tattoos etc it kills my holiday spirit my response to this person on twitter was just so you know from this tweet alone we now have enough material for a 45,285 hour long episode (laughs) and that's just on my end and then she said it's like families across the world compete on how low they can make self-esteem plummet in the course of one meal (laughs) amazing amazing. it's so true so yeah uh I feel like you answered your own question because you said, please cover ignoring. I mean, that's ignoring. Like, yeah, like that's what it's all about is like ignoring that shit. I mean, how do you do that, though? I mean, I mean, you touched on this earlier in the episode, Catherine, because you were like you were telling a story about a friend and you're like, have you ever expected anything different to happen? Mm, Good point. I mean, you know (laughs) what's going to happen is that you're going to go into it being like, you know, you're going to go into it and like you know that like someone is going to comment on the way you look either like about gaining weight or losing weight what is that about you look great you look like you lost weight it's like did I tell you to comment on my body because I don't and it's like it's always intended as a compliment and that's a whole other thing um I anyway I I and it, this is going to sound weird I actually weight is not one of my issues uh I'm very sensitive about my looks my skin my hair but like weight is not one my mother the other day said I made a comment about working out and how I'm being healthy. She goes, well, clearly you're not wasting away. And I was like, what? What? And she didn't mean it, but it definitely stuck with me for, you know, nine, ten days. No, I'm joking. No, here's a tip. Never, just don't comment on someone's body. Then, Then even if you think you're saying something that's a compliment, maybe they don't want to hear you talk about how no. great your skin looks today or yeah, oh you know yeah every time I mean listen it's good to give comments. oh you look great oh everything good with you I know I do it all the time it's small talk but um yeah I'm like so sensitive about my skin I had really bad acne as a kid and I have like you know scars from like you know acne and I like I hate it and 
uh, my skin got really good lately mm-hmm. and people comment all the time and it just like makes me want to shrivel up into a ball well anytime someone comments <laughs> on your appearance it makes you feel self-conscious mm-hmm. because you're like oh shit this person's looking at my body like now let me obsess about my body it's unacceptable but anyway I how do you ignore it I think you expect that it's going to happen definitely and tell yourself like think about in your head what's going to happen when this person says this thing you're like okay let me think about this I'm gonna walk into my house and my dad is gonna say something about my tattoo okay that is going to make me feel really angry and then it's gonna make me feel really sad that my dad would say something like that to me so then I'm going to take a deep breath close my eyes for a second open them and then change the subject I mean like really seriously like take yourself through the moment be honest with yourself about how you're going to feel and then put a game plan in place for then how you're going to like exit the... I find when I do that, it always turns out to be a lot better than I thought. Um, And you know what? You bring up a good point. I do this too. And I think in general, try not to comment on people's looks if you can. Yeah. Um, I just realize how many times a day I do that. Mm -hmm. You look great. Although I like, I think you you look great as a nice way if you haven't seen someone in a while, but still. I I feel like if, you know, it's also really fraught when like it's your parents or a relative and they're saying something about your skin or your weight or whatever. Like, I think it's different when you are friends with someone and you know each other intimately and they're like aware of what you're like hot buttons are I mean and they're complimenting you in like a nice way and it reminds you of your childhood and teenage years are the worst Mm -hmm. like it's the most awkward you're not in comfortable in your body so they're basically reminding you hey remember when you used to be that well exactly (laughs) also it's like anytime you tell someone like in my family a big thing is like talking about like people's weight and it's and it's which is awesome but it's always like so if you think I look awesome now like what did you think when like I didn't look this way I mean or like you know yeah, it's just it's just like you know, if you have a thought about someone's appearance, you can definitely keep it to yourself. So I did what you've been doing with pretending that you're not afraid to fly. I can't handle that on planes, but like the idea of I'm someone else right now because mm-hmm. yesterday I was in a situation where I had to see someone I didn't want to see. So I sort of became the person. I was like, I'm just going to pretend. Mm-hmm. And I found that when I did that, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And then something hilarious happened and I was able to laugh at Mm -hmm. it. And it was pretty awful. But because I was prepared, um, your family's going to say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And you may say the wrong thing. Uh, It's hard because they're probably going through shit. Mm -hmm. Maybe your mom is feeling like she's put on some weight, you Mm -hmm. know? Yes. Who knows? That is just what I was going to say. So I'm actually writing a story right now about... uh, dealing with like awkward family time so I interviewed a couple of therapists and I was asking them for tips and one of them gave this amazing tip which was pretend you're an anthropologist Mm. and you're like a participant observer where you're kind of taking part but you're mostly observing so like if you're an anthropologist in this situation and you go home and someone says something about your weight or your tattoo or something you're wearing or your skin what you would think to yourself is like, okay, like Why I'm observing that? that this person has some hangups about maybe their own appearance or maybe how it makes them feel that they have a child that made different decisions about how they look and this is coming from their place of insecurity. I'm going to write that in my anthropology journal. That is so you know? Which I think, interesting. Right? It seems like such a cool, I'm going to try that. Oh, and if you need to like go to the bathroom to like check your phone or do some self-care, do it. If you ever need to like take a step back. Hey, even, hey, I have an exercise. If you can, pretend like you're an anthropologist I love this bring a journal with mm-hmm. you like a little notepad like a journalist the little things they have mm-hmm. and every time something happens instead of like whatever just go and write about it and then come back or make it a make a bingo board <gasps> for like it's like okay like okay family they commented bingo. on my, yeah right do we need to do this like right now we should probably come up with family holiday bingo oh boards. my god Holy shit. listen guys before you get too excited 
We're working on it. Yeah, it's going to happen. If we don't make it happen, it's just because we're doing our own personal family bingo emotion. No, but we'll, we'll ha- maybe we can have them like for Christmas, just like a PDF. That is People a can... great fucking idea. You idea. know what? Actually, I want to make sure that we're not being too inclusive of our problems. Send us your ideas for holiday bingo. Yeah, like what are the things that you know are going to happen? Yes. You know, like someone is going to like bring up some divisive political topic. Yeah. Someone. Oh, that's a big one. Someone's going to cry. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to comment on your whatever. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll make a bingo board. Yeah, I'm going to hang out with a uh, Trump supporter uh, over Thanksgiving. But she's also like 95 years old and awesome. So I'm like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you're 95, you can have Trump. You can do whatever you want. You're not going to be alive to vote for him. Exactly. Ooh, zing. All right. All right. Sorry, that was super mean. (laughs) Sorry, you guys. I've had a rough morning, and so I'm feeling incredibly mean. I really like this. Yeah, and I think that that real quick, knowing that they're probably going through their own drama, Mm -hmm. I think we always act as if they're nailing it, and they're fine, and they weren't stressed out today, and everything's going Mm -hmm. just great, and they're all ganging up on you. Well, yeah, they're probably having a bad day, too. Yeah, also, guys, everyone is dreading the holidays. Everyone. Like, the the people that make (laughs) the comment and the people that receive the comment are both under equal amounts of stress because it's the fucking holidays. Yeah. 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 Um, it would be fun though to do like a um like an opposite day thing and as soon as you walk into your parents' house, like make a comment on what they're wearing and be like, Oh, you really thought that those socks were appropriate at the table? Or I something? did one thing my mother uh, overreacts to things sometimes, which is I do it too and it is what it is, but I, I once did a game with myself where I over overreacted to her reaction <laughs> and it made her calm me down. She's like, Whoa, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> That's amazing. It was <laughs> hilarious. And I don't mean like I'm gonna do that constantly, but it made it I learned a lot. Did she know that that's what no, was happening? No, no. So, so great. So I said, oh, she's like, oh, well, we're running five minutes late. And I, and I went, what? We're going to be five minutes late to the restaurant? Are we going to still have a reservation? Fuck, I'm so hungry. She's like, Catherine, calm down. It's oh just five God. minutes. And you I was guys. like, I did that just to know, just for me, that she was capable of being calm. You guys troll your relatives. Was that's your, amazing. How was your mind just blown? That's so great. Let's get to the next topic. Okay, next this one. This is fun. Dealing with being alone for one holiday when everyone else is with their families. And this is from the same person who also wrote, not being bummed that your family doesn't accept your identity or sexuality. Okay. So not that they're two necessarily of the same thing, and everyone has their own situation. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that was for one of our listeners. Uh, being alone for the holiday, holy fucking shit. Um, I was talking to my brother the other day, and he mentioned that he spent last Thanksgiving alone because he's divorced. His kid was with the... Um, the mom and his family is not in town. And he said he had a really, he was sad at first. And then he had a really nice time because he made the day about enjoying himself and just sort of like, what do I want to do today? Um, but the thing is, it sucks that for whatever reason, your family didn't invite you or you don't want to see them. Sally, what you got? I was going to say, I mean, yeah, I mean, make the day about you. I've spent holidays alone and it's like, there's something that's depressing because there's this like, this is another thing that one of the therapists I interviewed said, like the society. I can't wait to read this. What is this about? It's well, there are going to be two articles. One is about how to deal with like awkward family times this during the great. holidays, and then one is um, how to have a fight with your family constructively. Well, tell me everything. Um, well, one of the things <laughs> that was awesome was that um, she pointed out that like there's so much societal pressure for the holidays to be perfect and amazing and wonderful, when in reality, like you know that every time you hang out with your family. Um, it's anything from like a little bit difficult to incredibly trying and triggering depending on what your situation is. And so just because there's like a Christmas tree in the living room and like lights on the outside of the house, it doesn't like why would you expect anything different? So just like sort of. I just cringed when you said a tree and lights. I was, oh. yeah. yeah. So I mean, 
the thing is like I don't even know why I started oh yeah just like I think the like if you're alone any other day it's like no big deal but because of all of this like pressure for everything to be amazing and wonderful and like cozy with your loved ones makes being alone seem like it's really shitty the fact of the matter is is like it's just another Thursday or Friday or Saturday like whatever the day is do something that's really fun do something you like and also think about those in need who have to be with their families and (laughs) and would do anything to be in like a zany body switch comedy with you but I think it's also important to note that the reason this person I think was especially sad is that if every day the family's not accepting their sexual Mm -hmm. identity on Thanksgiving it's just a strong reminder that for whatever reason your family has either disowned you or does not accept you. And I think it's extra, extra no, on that it's, day. Yeah. It, is, it is shitty, but it's also like, you know, another way to look at it is like, congratulations. Like you are giving yourself the gift of not having to deal with people who are monsters to you. And there's a lot of people who don't have families who do friends Thanksgiving, yeah, friends totally. livings. And if you know someone in your area, you know, yeah. Or start one and invite mm-hmm. some people over. I know a lot of people who do spend it alone and just because they haven't, they don't want to go home. It's their choice. Yeah, and exactly. They want to hang out with their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but also being alone, it, it is tough. It's a reminder that your family may suck. But totally. Try to make it a you day. Make it a you day and like also and like with some self-care stuff in there. Like not just like stuff that you know is going to be really fun, which is important, but also like a bubble bath. Yeah, bubble bath or like journal or like, you know, take a long walk to just like process shit. Like do some stuff that you is going to be like kind of therapeutic for you and also fucking have an awesome time. Yeah. Yeah. And also where are your family too? So, I mean, if you want to get on that hashtag, personally, I'm going to be navigating another situation with my, well, actually, it's our next uh, question or comment. Uh, I'll be navigating a situation, so I may not be able to check the hashtag that much, but maybe I will. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll try to respond, but if we don't, just so you know, we have, you have a lot of things going on that day. Yeah. But maybe see who's on the hashtag that day and try to help each other out. Live, live tweet your Thanksgiving. Oh, man. Um, Okay, so sorry, I was talking about the last comment, but so the second to last comment, uh, how weird it is to go to your little hometown and see that nothing has changed, but you feel so out of place. That's always awkward because you're reminded of where you grew up mm-hmm. and who you who you are. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't relate because I really like being back in the city I'm from. Mm. Um because I, I really like it and I, I feel good there. So, but I mean, I do relate to the thing of being, of feeling like it's so weird that I'm an adult in the place that I was a kid. I don't mm. know, there's something that's like kind of surreal about that, but um, I don't really know how to address this because like how weird it is. I mean, yeah, it's weird. I don't, you know. Yeah, um, I and I too, I was born and raised in the city, but the idea of going back to the Bronx and seeing my old neighbors mm-hmm. that I haven't seen since I was 18, that kind of freaks me out. Mm-hmm. And not that, um, but I do know what you're talking about, going back to your hometown and people who decided to stay there and mm-hmm. have families there and how you have a different life experience. And um, yeah, you, you feel like you've changed. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You yeah. know, you may feel out of place because you are. You are changed a little bit. You are still from there, but you're doing different things. You don't have to gel with every community you grew up with. Uh, There's a reason you are not there anymore, and it's because you're choosing a different path to be with different people, and that's okay. Yeah, I I mean, uh, when I'm home for the holidays, I don't go out to bars because I don't want to see people I grew up with as an adult. I mean, so maybe that's part of it, but like like, um, like I just make a conscious decision to like not like interface with like parts of my past that I just like don't want to cope with mm. so I, I don't know but if it's like a small town you like have to go to the grocery store and there's you know farmer Bob I don't know yeah that's I, terrible I where know. where one of those groucho 
like glasses with right. a nose, I guess, oh my would gosh. be my advice. Yeah, it's always hard seeing people from your childhood that you don't want to see or whatever. I mean, I, yeah, I hide the fuck out. I mean, I'm not from a small town, but I'm from a small city. And like, definitely, like, if I were to go out over like Thanksgiving weekend, I would see a bunch of people that I went to high school and middle school with. And I don't like actually have anything against them personally. Yeah. And I don't have like a terrible past that I'm like running away from, but I'm just like not interested in being around them so I just like a, but I de- like yeah I don't have the situation where like right. if I like go to CVS I'm gonna see like a million people who I don't want to you know who I hate yeah all right we and you're good on time for right now to do the last part and then you're yeah, yeah yeah let's do right, it let's do it so this is from Lucas, Lucas. <laughs> and I think we can both relate I put this last because we're both gonna have this happen I think I'm not sure um oh god I'm going to be bringing my girlfriend to meet my family for the first time ah uh, <laughs> with like 12 A's it's amazing <laughs> um my mother, sister, and nephew are going to meet my boyfriend's entire family for the first time on Thanksgiving at their house in Connecticut. By the way, Sally and I are doing Thanksgiving in Connecticut together. Yeah, we both are. Um, and Not together. Not the same Thanksgiving. Oh, we're not? But... <laughs> oh, did I, I not re- tell you that? I really need you there. Um, we have to talk after the show. And I, I know when you're... It's different though bringing a spouse or, or a boyfriend, girlfriend, or you know, partner to meet the family is a pressure on so many levels but on top of uh thanksgiving i think in a way it's good that it's thanksgiving because it kind of is a buffer and deflects yeah. from the first time you're meeting them so lucas it sounds like you're doing it right and if you have any concerns i mean it's nerve-wracking but there's going to be the distraction of thanksgiving and that's kind of awesome yeah i mean the fact that it's like a big festive meal and there's gonna be a lot of people around and like probably like there's me like a lot of meal prep taking place like it's great because it's not like just like you're going out to dinner and you have to sit there staring at your each other yeah. while like the waiter whatever like yeah. I think it's actually like a best case scenario um I will say like um family and like you know families meeting each other partners meeting parents like <sighs> <laughs> I actually think it's going to be good and maybe it'll be terrible. I have no idea. Because of the distraction, because it's going to be like yeah. so much happening at once, it's not going to be tell me everything about your life. We have to get along. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's so nerve wracking. I, I mean, and Lucas, like, I don't, <laughs> I, like, I don't know what you're specifically worried about. So I can't really, it's like hard to address like, like specific things, but just like, the whole like to me even though it's like great that it's at Thanksgiving because there's a distraction it's also like I feel like family holidays are already stressful and so introducing this whole other thing that's also on its own stressful is like oh my god it's all happening at once yeah but you know it's good having someone there who's not a part of the family because they can you can turn to them and be like was that just that's, me or was that weird and that's like, yes. very true I actually really am glad I'm going to my boyfriend's house for Thanksgiving because I like being not like I just like observing and being like ah oh, this isn't my family yes except you, my family's gonna be there but they'll be on their best behavior I hope. I don't yeah, know. definitely because they'll be guests. I guess. That's yeah. also good. Yeah, it's always really good. I mean, that's the other upside is when you have someone new who's not in your family, you can like turn to them and be like, this is insane, right? And mm. they're like, yeah, I don't even know what the fuck's happening. Yeah. So you have like a built-in ally kind of. Yeah, and Lucas, I've met your girlfriend. So if they don't like her, you need to disown your family immediately. Wait, you've met Lucas's girlfriend? Yes, he came to the city. Uh, a few months ago. Oh remember? my god, I am. I have so much FOMO right now. I'm so angry that I haven't met either. Of I you. was in the line at a show at Union Hall. God damn and, it! And Lucas doesn't live here, and we were, you know, Twitter buddies and whatnot, and uh, he listens to the show, obviously. And I turn, I recognized him from like Instagram or Twitter, and mm-hmm. I went, "Are you Lucas?" <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he was like, "Oh yeah." I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, so we're big fans. I'm so jealous. Um, yeah, your you girlfriend sounds awesome. Yeah, we're Catherine. In, we're in a photo together on Instagram. Oh my god! How you are guys? your parents? I think I sent it to her. you immediately. Yeah, I'm really jealous, guys. So, any final thoughts before we get to your song? Um, 
practice as much self-care as you possibly can. Yes. Prepare. Like know going into it that it's going to be really difficult. Anticipate the things that are going to trigger you and make a game plan for how to get through each of those moments. And then fucking man, just put your head down, mm-hmm. power through. Mm. And then also, this is the other tip I learned from these the people I interviewed. Yes. Have something scheduled for after you see your family like that's like back where you live or whatever that you're like really psyched about and looking forward to and is with a person or persons who like you support you and get you amazing idea right that's amazing what a great idea so do all that I love that and yeah I just say uh, I like the idea of thinking of yourself as an anthropologist and yes a character maybe and enjoy the ride enjoy observing this is a really interesting time of year and I I do enjoy people watching but it sucks when it brings up the person you're watching in you Mm -hmm. oh that was so deep right guys let's end on that note because I'm not going to get any deeper um Sally okay so just so you know Sally wrote down it's her song (laughs) I'm just seeing yours sponsor yeah somebody sent me a song recommendation this week by the way i definitely am going to use it next time but this is sally's week yeah yeah, yeah. uh and she wrote this song why don't you tell us okay (laughs) so the song is fade into you by mazzy star and i wrote we're all caps were you me in high school what is happening because i obviously love that song this song is oh my god i i've put this on every mix i've ever made it's such a good song um for a lover or for like friends because um, this is such both. Like a partner song. Okay. Be- because it is a love song. It's such an epic, beautiful love song. Mm. But it's also just like, I mean, the, re- the so like the reason I'm including it this week is just because it's a song that like reminds you that like love is a real thing and it's important. And if you have it, that you feel really good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, <laughs> and I just think that's like an awesome thing when you're like really struggling to remember that. Um, it's a real thing. And I'm just laughing. And here's the only reason I'm laughing because I fucking love this song. Somebody once told me a story about this song. Their girlfriend broke up with them by leaving them a letter, a rose, and a cassette tape with this song on it. And all it said was, I love you. I'll love you forever, but I need to leave you. Please listen to this song right now and think of me. And he was like, that was the worst breakup. But it's a beautiful song. I can't. If you bring this song into a breakup you are a monster you're a monster do not ever do that yeah this is like a beautiful haunting he can laugh about it now but like it's also i'm sorry like let me just get involved with this for a second but it's also about when you like the love you feel like when you when you feel a love that is like about like merging with someone in this like different way Mm -hmm. um which you'll understand when you hear the lyrics and i'm like butchering it and making it sound like a terrible cheesy song but it's it's fucking good it's from 1993 (laughs) this was it was whatever man high school right Mm -hmm. um for me eighth grade but whatever you know (laughs) (laughs) um it's really good you guys read read the lyrics you're gonna read read oh should i read the lyrics? were you going to well i feel like they're oh, gonna sound you're... cheesy when i read i them. want you to read them okay i want you to read <laughs> well okay. Them. okay okay oh god i can't read them okay i can't read them listen to the song i don't want to ruin it because they're really gonna sound cheesy and you're not gonna listen listen to the song Fine. it's amazing and then put it on a mix and then don't think... don't break up with someone doing that because that's a little weird don't ever do that it, that is about, what a weird breakup like that's all about you like think of me and it's like no no you just broke up with me no I don't want to think of you it's like here's a beautiful love song that I will ruin for all time I didn't want to ruin it for anyone I didn't want to tell that story but that's the only reason I'm no laughing. that person will be punished by the universe I hope so slash Perfect. me all right uh thank you so guys enjoy the holiday we're gonna try to make this a weekly thing yeah we'll do our best please keep writing to us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com tweet at us you guys animal photos we're loving it at strugglebuspod 
Use the hashtag StrugglePodBuds420, especially on Thanksgiving if you yeah. can. We're going to try to be on it. But if not, you know, see who's on it. Or uh, tweet at Sally T or at SPK Heller. Happy holidays, you guys. Get through it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And thank you so much. I forget our outro. So Do we have an outro? It is this. Ready? Bye. Bye.
<laughs> Wait, struggle pod pods. That's so great. Yeah, nothing shows up. <clears throat> Yet. 